Welcome to the Tear Out the Tags podcast, where you learn to remove the labels that are holding you back. Your life is increasingly defined by simple words that are meant to categorize you. These words are turned into hashtags, making you feel stuck with a limited definition of what you can be in this world. Tags, though helpful online, are ineffective at fully describing how big and extraordinary you are. Let's get started. Hey, hey, Team Embolden. So today is Friday, which means we have a special guest today, and I'm so excited to have this special guest on our show. She is actually a very new friend of mine who I met at an NLP conference last July. So yes, I'm telling you that in the middle of this pandemic, she and I bravely went to probably one of the only conferences that was being held last year, and we met at that conference and we did some amazing self-work and learned a lot about neuro-linguistic programming. And Shannon was brave enough to walk through one of the new exercises that I was testing at the time, and she is going to talk about that today on the show. Shannon Rollins is the founder, clinical hypnotherapist, and mental health coach of Shannon Rollins Hypnosis, located in Orlando, Florida. She is also the host of the Well-Balanced Mind show on Be Well TV. Shannon has eight years of experience helping men and women improve their mental health and emotional resiliency through hypnosis, one-on-one coaching, group wellness programs, and courses. Her passion is helping people create inner peace for a healthier life inside and out. And I know firsthand that Shannon is amazing at what she does. And what I want you to really listen to as you listen to her episode is the level of vulnerability that she is willing to bring Tear Out the Tags, the podcast today, as she shares some of the deep work that she dove into when she looked at her labels and the way that she defines them. Shannon, thank you so much for coming on the show and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And B, you were so right. I feel like when we went to that training, just our energy (laughs) connected. (laughs) And I just felt like you were a long lost friend that I've just known you forever. So I'm really excited to be here today and talk about that experience and in general. Yeah, Yeah, likewise. You know, NLP, for the listeners of this show, NLP is neuro-linguistic programming. So it's all about how language and the senses that we have play into the decisions we make and the memories that we store. And really my content, we really, we learned that has a lot to do with the neuro-linguistic programming. And so you were such an integral part of developing this message and sort of taking it to the next step. And I, I'm so excited to jump in today because you were actually my guinea pig and I hate that. That sounds so like <laughs> rude, but Your you really, subject. you were so willing. Yeah. You were so willing to be the first person that went through the tear out the tags exercise that we now have mastered. And it's just such a, an amazing tool. So I would love to dive in first to what that was like for you to just kind of dive into this new thing. And, you know, I'm this new stranger to you, like talk about tags, I'm a stranger throwing all this stuff at you. Like, what was that like for you? Oh my gosh. At first I didn't know what was happening. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like she's just taking all my thoughts and my beliefs (laughs) and my emotions. And she's laying them out on the table. And half of it was stuff I didn't even know about myself, but Man, that experience was amazing. And y'all, this was like at what, midnight? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like at midnight in the hotel, you know, in the hotel. And yeah, we were all delirious. We were all like overloaded with content. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Our brains were full of NLP content. And like, I mean, really, it was just so eye opening for me because I knew that I had blocks in my life. And I had gone through so much personal development conferences, coaching, just all this stuff, trying to, trying to really improve where I was at. And it wasn't until this, (laughs) you call it guinea pig, but I'm going to call it beta client. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like the tag guinea pig. I don't want to hand you that tag. (laughs) Beta client is much more professional. (laughs) But I was happy being your beta client or guinea pig, whatever. (laughs) I, there were so many tags that came out that I had pushed down so deep, so deep inside because I'm a strong woman and I'm independent and I don't have tags and it really allowed me to be vulnerable in that space and just take a look at these things. Cause if I had never done that, my life wouldn't be changing how it is today. And 
it was just an amazing experience altogether. It was wonderful. Yeah. It, that's such a powerful testimony. And I, I appreciate so much what you walked through as the beta client, because for me, it was scary. You know, I have my own tags. And so it was scary for me to put this out into the world and try it on someone and see how it would help them. And you were just so open and so willing to test that and really step through it, all the discomfort of it. And we're going to get into kind of like the full discomfort of the exercise, but do you remember what was the first tag that you felt like what we originated with? I think if I remember, and by the way, I have my shirt <laughs> so, for those that are listening. We, I, we have a, a t-shirt that we actually attach retail tags to as we write these words down and these feelings and emotions come up. And so Shannon's holding up the t-shirt and all her tags are, are dangling off of the shirt. Yeah. So it, it was funny because she, because B had me put the shirt on and then started attaching these tags. And the very first tag that came up was I'm not smart. I'm not smart enough. Um, I'm not intelligent. I'm not smart. And it was kind of funny because where we ended was completely different yeah. than where we started. Well, and it's funny because you didn't actually end up attaching. I'm not smart. It ended up not being a tag for you even though it was something you felt so strongly when we started. And I think, you know, we were in a learning landscape that made us all feel like we weren't smart because it was so much content during those days that we were at this conference. And it was, it was a lot of really complex ideas that were hard to store and really wrap our brains around. And so I think that's a really good example of how, you know, we can wear tags temporarily also. And that was an intimidating conference to be able to go back to our hotel rooms and really be like, yeah, I got this. No problem. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. It's that kind of reminds me when you're stepping out to anything new. Right. And you told me B, you said, you know, sometimes they reattach themselves. You could clear this belief about yourself, but if you're stepping into something new, I'm not smart. My temporarily just latch back onto you. And it's true. It, it happens when we're stepping into the unknown and when we're scared of the uncertainty of what might happen when we're putting ourselves out there. But I mean, it's worth it at the yeah. end. Yeah. The more consistently you remove these things, the less amount of time they stay when they do reattach, right? Are you finding that? Yes. Like I'm not even, I feel like I'm a different person, <laughs> <laughs> which is but, amazing. This six, this is six months ago. Yeah. This like, yeah. And I, I feel like you did a lot of reframing with my tags and some of them were related to me not having the right answers or the right ideas to things and feeling like I had to be an expert in my field. And with the tags, like I'll give you an example. I, one of my tags was I have to be an expert expert and the word have you replaced with, I want to be an expert. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, that relieved a lot of pressure. Yeah. Where did I get that idea? Right. That I had compared to what, like, I mean, everyone is in every profession is always learning and growing. And I'm thinking I have to be on chapter 80 when I'm still on chapter one, I was right. comparing. Do you remember? I was comparing myself <laughs> who I was comparing myself to. I don't, I don't remember that. So was it Tony Robbins? Cause that would be yes. hilarious. Yeah. I was like, actually I said, I don't remember, but I do remember. Yeah. yeah. It was Tony Robbins. And I remember I kept saying, you took me through the exercise and I kept saying, but he's on all the time. He knows every answer to everything. <laughs> and I'm sure you were thinking be internally like, okay, he has like 30 years on you. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember saying to you, he's Tony Robbins. Like, like this isn't a fair fight here. Yeah. <laughs> but we do this. I do this too. Yeah. You know, I, I just love Rachel Hollis and I just think she is absolutely amazing. And she actually writes in her books. Don't compare yourself where you are today to where I am today. Cause I've walked longer on this path, but it's such a relevant point. And we really get stuck in comparison in, in most of the tags that we wear, right? We were observing other people's lives and oftentimes on social media, which we know is only what 20% true. <laughs> yeah. And that's not an accurate statistic. That's sort of a joke, but you know, we, we do, we live in this world where it's so easy to see everything that 
other people are accomplishing and saying, well, shoot, I don't know anything. I'm not an expert and I can't help anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that was such a realization for me. And so for everyone listening to the tags before, was it before, if I remember correctly, before we were placed in reframes, my labels that I had created, because what happens is when these events happen in our lives, especially when we're younger, we attach these labels to ourselves and we make meaning of whatever happened, right? These little, it could be the most minor thing in the world. And our child and us had created that label. And yeah. I remember you had me wear this shirt down and walk through the lobby <laughs> with all of my labels out. And it was, I acted like I was okay with it. <laughs> but you really pushed me. And I think this was necessary for this exercise because you forced me to be vulnerable. Yeah. And if you remember me saying at the very beginning, oh, a strong, independent woman, you know, that was really difficult for me. And that was also the moment that I knew that I had an issue with vulnerability mm. and relating it to being weak. And but, so that really helped me find that, that yeah. I needed to be open like that. Well, and it's interesting because you are a strong, independent woman and you have tags. We all do. I mean, exactly. it's funny. I have a, a couple of men that have come in and, and liked my comment, my, excuse me, liked my content. Mm -hmm. And then they say, but I don't think I have tags. And then very quickly they realize they do. It's just that we all wear things differently and they affect us differently. What I love about, I mean, you were the first person who walked through this exercise and the only reason that I asked you to go walk through the lobby, and I, I actually asked you to go to the conference the next day wearing it and your eyes, do you remember you looked at me like, you can fly a kite lady, like that's not going to happen. And I was teasing you, but you know, we, we settled on, let's go take a walk through the lobby. But the only reason I added that in to this idea that I had for this exercise was. I, for whatever reason, decided to fly to Florida wearing all of my crap. And I had the t-shirt on with all the tags dangling off. And I mean, I live in Colorado, so it's a, it's a decent long day by the time I reached Florida and went to the gas station and picked up food for the hotel. And, you know, like I confronted a lot of different places wearing those tags and it, for lack of better words, it sucked. It was like, it, some people would be like staring at me and like, I could tell they were trying to read the tags and see what they were. And then other people were just sort of like laughing at my outfit and these ridiculous, crazy pieces of paper that were like flapping in the wind. And then another thing I noticed was like, some people just didn't care and didn't even notice all my stuff. Right. And yeah. so that's how we walk through life. We're wearing all of this on the inside. And if we flip that inside out and we have those tags exposed, it's a really, really confronting exercise. And you really did. You were very brave. And we went and took a stroll through the lobby. To be fair, it was COVID at like 2 a.m. So I think like four people saw you. No one in the lobby. And I was like, <laughs> I'm doing it. And even then it's confronting, right? Because you're in a public place. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I love the way that you put that walking through our, us walking through life and kind of flipping those out because we know the people who, if you're vulnerable and you let them show in real life, the people who are looking at you, they might not understand, or they have fear of their own stuff, their own stuff that's going on. And, but like you said, the people who don't care and they're like, well, all of us have it. All of us have those tags. And I think it's just really important to that all of us are able to be open like that. And it helps us understand each other more. And especially, you mentioned men, you know, especially with men, because I mean, we're talking about being strong, independent woman, but a man is taught, oh, you have to be tough. Oh, and guess what? You don't have tags. And guess what? You have to do this. Oh, guess what? You can't have emotions. Yeah. And don't you dare express them, right? Exactly. Yeah. Don't express them because that means that you are X, Y, Z, you know, yeah. whatever they've been taught. Um, I think this is a crucial exercise for men too. Yeah. 
I have yet to have a man be brave enough to walk through it. So maybe this episode will inspire somebody to volunteer for that. that. Yeah. And And I'll do, we'll do a free one. We'll do a free one for the first guy who's brave enough to sign up. That sounds awesome. (laughs) Okay. But seriously though, if no one takes you up on that, that's like, this is a great exercise. This I revealed so much about myself. And I think the funny thing is with the, I'm not smart one of my issues with that was that I felt like I didn't have the answers to things. And it took me a long time to answer questions. And so it took me a long time to formulate what I was going to say in my head. I'm like, man, maybe I'm just not with it. Maybe there's just cognitively something wrong with me. And I remember this moment like changed everything. (laughs) You said, doesn't that just mean that you are articulate? Like, isn't that you can, and I came up with the word articulate because earlier you said, well, how do you want to be? What does that mean? And I said, well, I want to be articulate. And you go, wait a minute, that sounds like you're articulate. And I remember that's the, (laughs) well, articulate and well thought out tag. And that I was like, now, honestly, I had it as affirmations in my house. Like I had written it above my bed in my shower. I'm articulate. And now I feel like I truly believe that I'm an articulate, well thought out human being. Yeah. And you are the interesting thing about the exercise and how we coach through it is you had actually described wanting to be articulate and how you looked up to other people who were. Mm -hmm. And, but when I had you define it, and this is what's so important about tags is we don't take the time to really define what we want to be or what we believe we are. And so you defined articulate being a well thought out person, someone who takes the time to really thoughtfully respond. And it wasn't until you described it that I said, well, isn't that what you described that you do when you feel like you don't have the answer right away? And so in a moment, and you just saw the light bulb go off and I saw the moment I met you that you were an articulate woman the lens that I look through to see you, I see articulate and saw it without really knowing much about you. But when I got to see you see it, that was like, oh my gosh, so cool. And seeing you step into that over the last five months and your content and your coaching and everything that you're doing, I see articulate now, like just beaming out of you, you know, you wear it now so proudly, which to your point about the affirmations and just being able to attach that tag every day until you wear it with all this pride. And you obviously do now. I would love, since we were on the subject of men, I'd love to dive into that tag because you and I have this in common. We both have a deep rooted tag that has to do with men. And it's not necessarily about our dads or our brothers or our spouses or the obvious that people might assume. And so I'd love to know, like, how would you describe that tag that you'd, that you'd battled that has to do with men? Yeah. I don't even know how we got into this topic or deep dive. We started from, I'm not smart. And then it really veered into this other direction. I'm so happy it did. My tag was, I'm not respected by men. Mm -hmm. And I remember you wrote when you wrote it down because everyone B she writes down whatever that tag is and then clips it clips it to your shirt and when you clipped it to your shirt my shirt I just felt this like it was just so uncomfortable and from like an energy standpoint that that shirt originally before we transformed to reframes and new tags and how I actually am (laughs) and my cleared up lens it was just icky like wearing like you almost want to just take it off and burn it so I can only imagine how you felt I don't know if you felt the same way flying from Denver all the it's you're just like oh my gosh I can't believe you look at all these tags and you're thinking when you're wearing this shirt how has this played out in my life Mm-hmm. And you start thinking of all the things that have happened to you. And it's because 
you're walking around with this giant tag on your forehead, but it's an invisible tag. And so it's almost that realization you're looking at it and you're like, no wonder, no wonder I had cruddy relationships in the past, you know? And so one of my big one was I'm not respected by men. And for the longest time, I thought it's because when I was younger, my dad traveled all the time. He was an engineer. He traveled all the time for work. And I'm like, it's got to be just because we don't have a close relationship. But what I was finding to be is that I really have a spot in my heart working with men. Mm -hmm. And I feel strongly that the mental health with men is often looked away from because they're taught to not have emotions and to be strong, this, that, and the other. Right. And I would find when I get a sales call for coaching or coming in and doing speaking or even doing a networking one-to-one, for some reason, I would feel all of this anxiousness. I would feel anxiety come up when it was with a man. Yeah. I'm like, what is happening? Like what is happening here? And I didn't feel that I went through this traumatic thing. And I was like, it's gotta be because of it's got, it's always the father, right? It's gotta be, because yeah, of my dad. Yeah. it's gotta be because of my dad. And he has a, he's great. I mean, we have a good relationship, but he was traveling all the time. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it's because I never connected. Yeah. I never really took time to connect with men. And so I went to, um, a deep dive in this topic because I needed to get to the bottom of if I want to go in this direction and work with men a lot, then I've got to figure this out or I'm never going to have any, anyone who wants to work with me. If I'm feeling anxious, they're going to feel that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I actually did a hypnotic session and really dove into figuring out like the cause of where this was coming from and where these beliefs and feelings were coming from. Be, it had nothing to do with my dad. It had to do with, I don't even remember this, but when I had my session, I remembered it had to do with, I was in kindergarten and I was on the playground and two little boys like sexually assaulted me oh on the my playground. Gosh. Yeah. And this, I didn't realize this probably until, I mean, like in the session, but this wasn't until like a couple of weeks ago, this was very recent realization and not even like the day. One of them was the day of my session where I cleared it up. I healed it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is kind of where this I'm not respected by men came from. And it was stored in my subconscious mind. Now I have all these men (laughs) and I don't have the anxious energy anymore. Now I'm potentially working. Well, now I'm hired by two athletes working with athletes because I want to do sports hypnosis and and psychology coaching with, with athletes primarily. And it's amazing when I cleared that block and I realized I am respected by men. These two little boys were just doing the best they could. They probably had a rough time you know, in their childhood, they didn't know what they were doing, but I attached a label. You don't respect me. You two boys, therefore no men respect me. Yeah. And therefore I'm not deserving of being around men. Yeah. Well, by the way, I'm not smart enough to be around men either. Right. Like formulate that. Well, and that's, and that's what's so interesting about our tags is they, they sort of negatively support each other. So we have these beliefs about ourselves. And we sort of like, you know, draw lines to each, like connect the dots. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you've connected them properly. Mm -hmm. And so when, once you reprioritize and redefine these tags, it's just fascinating to me. I mean, it's fascinating to me how quickly you've unblocked yourself. And it's so important because though tear out the tags and this message and this exercise may have started a couple of these thoughts in you, it's so important to go seek other mentorship, other relationships, other counseling, therapy, hypnosis, whatever it is that you're comfortable with to really like fully step into the work and, and get yourself unblocked. Like so many of us aren't willing to really go the full distance to really get this stuff out of us. And I think in some ways I definitely was like this and I don't know, I'd love to know if you agree with this. I think in some ways it benefits us to stay stuck because success is actually very scary. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I like to call it the secondary game. Like, how are you benefiting from staying in the same position? I'm like, well, 
I mean, that's a hard question, right? Yeah. If you're stuck, what, what's the benefit? And you really have to be honest with yourself. And I agree with you. I think a lot of people don't go that extra distance because this is really scary stuff. Like you, there might be things that you don't like about yourself, right? That you don't, a label you don't like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when it's not true anyways, right? You saw through the lens. Oh my gosh, she's so articulate. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I hope I don't ask this question wrong. And I have anxiety when I'm speaking up in the conference. And it's just, it's one of those things where we all see through such different lenses. And for me, it really benefited me being stuck because then I didn't have to risk not being respected by a man. Yeah. And having that tag stacked a little bit deeper inside of you, right? Exactly. Because then it's just, it's just shoving its little finger in or however you want to describe it. But each time that event, it's just a reinforcing. It's almost like you're double tagging it. But when, like you said, once you get to the heart of it and you heal what's actually happening, then all of those little tags that are in that same category, they just fall. It's just like a, what is it? Jenga, a Jenga. Yeah. It just all falls. It crumbles down. Yeah. It's like a domino effect, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. It's like a domino effect. And it's crazy because even like playing out in my life now and looking at that experience in kindergarten, I mean, who would have thought, right? I had terrible, like I would be drawn towards men that I knew didn't respect women because Mm -hmm. I felt like that's what was supposed to happen because, well, I'm not. So then that's, that's for me, but I was doing it subconsciously. I have that. Yeah. I I totally relate to that. I, it's almost like I thought that that's what I deserved. And so I Mm -hmm. went seeking the wrong relationships and not just intimately, right. You're saying the same thing. It's, it's within a work realm. It's, you know, it could be a neighbor who was a pain in the butt and I would become best friends with the neighbor that nobody (laughs) else liked, you know, like it was my job to be the and I label that the people pleaser. And I'm, it's funny. Cause when we started this conversation, there was a tag that I was sort of trying to attach to you. And that was perfectionist. And you were really resisting that tag. And I did this with people pleaser. You know, I was like, I'm not a people pleaser. I like, I'm, that's not me, but it was showing up repeatedly for me. And I don't know that I have another name for it. I think I've just learned that. Yes, I do have a tendency to be a people pleaser. I care about being liked. I want people to know and trust me. And I'm all about relationship. But when we have these tags, like for me, I I would give up my authority very easily because I am a people pleaser or I want relationship. And so I'd love to dive into the tag perfectionist and sort of the resistance that you had to me tagging you, which is, can be kind of cool right? Because you don't want to pick up things that strangers are handing you. And I was, I was like, are you a perfectionist? You know, is this something that you need to hold? And you were like, no, I'm I'm not, I'm, I'm not a perfectionist. So tell me about that tag a little bit. I was so resistant. I don't, (laughs) I don't know if you remember my face when you called me a perfectionist and I was like, no, yeah, you were not not going at it. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I still, to this day, I don't even know why I was so triggered by that word. I'm sure there's some deep seated reason, <laughs> but when you told me that the reason that this came about is because I kept saying, I need to be a hundred and thousand percent all the time. I need to be on. I remember I said, I need to be on yeah. all the time. I yeah. Just- if you're comparing yourself to Tony Robbins, there's a bit of a perfectionist problem. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or So it was almost like this. It was I need to be on 120% all the time. And by the way, I, I need the word need was just all over my shirt. I need to be an expert. I need to do these things or I'm nothing. Yeah. I'm not worth anything. I am not, I should not be coaching. I should not be speaking. I don't deserve it. If I am not perfect at this, but the word perfect would never come out of my mouth. Right. Because in my mind, I wanted to be, I'm easygoing. I love, I'm just so easygoing. Whatever happens, happens. And y'all being the person who talks about stress reduction and anxiousness and tools and tips to get over that, to attach that to myself, guys, I even would talk about perfectionism 
not knowing that I had the tag and that's just (laughs) right now. (laughs) I would literally do talking or teachings on perfectionism and like, this is what, and I never realized I didn't know. I had no idea. It's crazy. I didn't know. Yeah. And you, well, and those, those can be cultural tags, right? Societal tags where we're really told to be easygoing, right? You're more likable if you're, you know, Mm -hmm. you're not going to show up and cause problems or whatever it is that we were kind of programmed with, um, which is funny because we were at a programming conference, but you know, it is, it's, I have that with millennial. I am not a naturally resilient person, but you couldn't get anywhere near that tag in me because my millennial tag was like, boom, don't call me a millennial. Like it was there, it was defensive. And that tag took, you know, took like priority And I call this a tag stacker. And we do this a lot where we sort of have our front tag, the thing that feels like it shows up. And oftentimes there are things like I'm worthy, I'm a failure, I'm not smart. Believe it or not, is a template. Most of your tags fell underneath that original tag. Same for me, my millennial tag. It was like, you're not getting in here. You know, I've got this defensive millennial tag, but I was denying to being a millennial and all the things. Right. And it's so funny because when we got underneath all of the tags that were stacked under, I'm smart. I asked you, do you still want to attach? I'm not smart. And do you remember how this went? Yeah. And I said, no, I don't even think it's relevant. Exactly. Yeah. So the, I'm not smart for me was kind of this facade masquerading as all these other things that I didn't realize once you're digging in more. And so we started with the, I'm not smart, but you kept asking so many questions to peel back each layer until we got to the good stuff. Yeah. And And I'm not smart was just a template because you couldn't explain all the things. It's too much in our brain until you're actually sitting down and you were going through it with me. I would have never come to these conclusions Yeah, because they're just bouncing around in our head and we don't even know it's happening. Right. Even though we loop them on replay, like every day to ourselves, they're not spoken out into the world as sometimes they are, but you know, nine times out of 10, they're just things we beat ourselves up over. So yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah. So the, so the perfectionist, you, it's funny because you mentioned it and I don't know if you remember, but I wouldn't even let you attach that tag. No, you wouldn't. I do remember. I would, I didn't let you attach it and you were gracious. You didn't fight me on it too much. And so I <laughs> replaying that over and over again. And I went to my business coach And we weren't even talking about that. She had called me out. She said, I think you're a perfectionist. Mm. And I was like, what is with, and then now I'm getting mad, right? (laughs) I'm like, what is with all these people calling me a perfectionist? Yeah. And then I went to the third person, my hypnotherapist, and she goes, yeah, you're a perfectionist. So I was like, what, did you guys have a team meeting before? (laughs) Conference call. (laughs) Shannon Rollins. Conference call about Shannon (laughs) And I finally had to come to the realization, okay, three separate people called me a perfectionist. And this is the stubbornness. We don't want to admit, sometimes we don't want to admit to our tags. And that's where, for me, when I say that this is hard work and sometimes we don't like these labels and we don't want to attach them to ourselves, but I had to because now I'm a recovering perfectionist. And for you. That's a, that one for me, and I don't know if what your experience is like with this, but that one for me has been the hardest work to work on compared to all of them. Mine, I'm a recovering overthinker. That's my tag that shows up way more than I'd like it to. And I really have to battle with it. And for me, it sort of relates to my resilience tag because I tend to be that, like, if I get knocked down, I need someone to come like sort of pick me up and mm-hmm. pat me on the bottom and get back moving forward, which my husband would totally attest to. Cause there's, there's many days where he has to like, remind me that I can do this and mm-hmm. stop overthinking. And so, yeah, I mean, I totally relate to that premise that it's the tag probably that's been sitting in us the longest for whatever reason, mm-hmm. or maybe where we're the most traumatized. I also I've not uncovered the root of, of my overthinker tag. And I think that tags can come from many places. And so sometimes it takes us like revealing those over time and really being thoughtful about, 
again, the definition and what we want to wear rather than wearing a tag, like perfectionist that isn't attainable. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, really perfection yeah. isn't a real thing because every person has a different definition of what perfect is. So perfect to you would not be perfect to me. So exactly. if you're a perfectionist and you're trying to please me, how do you ever know if you're perfect? It's exhausting. It is exhausting. Yeah. And I, I have yet to find the root of that too. That's, that's a toughie for me, but especially if you're a P I'm a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> I was always, I just remember growing up and this is a lot of women. The, it is. Both this is a- of these tags. So, but I just remember growing up and you just wanted to be liked by everyone. And then you become the doormat, right? Yeah. You, that was one of my other tags, um, which was that I'm easygoing. And I remember you, I prided myself on being so easygoing. And then w- once we were talking more, I said, but I don't want to be a doormat. Yeah. And you said, how can we reframe this? And you came up with flexible mm. and I was like, flexible is good. That works for me. That means that I can stand my ground when I need to. Yeah. And when you're crossing my boundaries, it's not appropriate, but I'm pretty flexible. You know, I can, I can compromise these things and with the people pleasing combined with perfectionism, you're right. How are you going to ever be happy? Yeah. You will never be happy if you're constantly trying to please someone and be their lens of perfect. Right. Oh yeah. Your goals were behind Fort Knox at that point. Right. I mean, you can't even reach your own dreams and future destinations because you're so busy trying to like satisfy the needs of others. And I think it's important to kind of cover and touch on this because you and I have done a lot of work with women. A lot of people make assumptions that I work with women and I would assume they make assumptions about you as well. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because we both have a passion for men's health and wellness and really emotional intelligence issues and bringing some of these tags, some of these issues and well-being to the surface. And so, you know, I do this all the time. I'll say like, oh, this is a women's issue, but I've been shocked at how many private messages I've gotten from men that are in my community and the Bolden community who are people pleasers who wear that tag and they don't feel like they can really speak up and speak into the issue where I do think women have sort of been allowed over the course of the last five to 10 years to really start speaking into some of these things that we wear and we've generalized them. So we also have plenty of men that are overthinkers, plenty of men that are perfectionists, plenty of men that are empaths. And I just, for the first time, met a man, his name is Nick Adams, and he lives in Sanibel Island, Florida. Mm-hmm. He's a, just a lovely Englishman. And he's the first person, first male I've ever heard say, I'm an empath. Only he said it with a really cool accent. <laughs> but, you know, it was so cool for the, me. The accent. I don't know if you can, but yeah, I've never heard a man say I'm an empath. Yeah. Never. It was a first for me. It was a first, but I think it's really important for the men that are listening to, we are not trying to speak over and like template over this gender issue because it's really not a gender issue. It's so many of us have had either parents who had really high expectations of us or possibly a sibling that was critical, a boss that was a bully, right? There's all these moving relationships in our lives and depending on our personalities, we sort of become either really strong, really weak, really pushy, Mm -hmm. really defenseless, really like all of these words that we use that we attach as tags come from this unique walk that we've had through life. And each of us is so different yet, as you and I know, we're so similar as well. So similar. Yeah. Men and women, we, when I have talked to and coached men, The issues, the blanket issue, like when you get to the core, what's going on, it's always the same. Right. It's those beliefs. I'm, I'm not good enough. Yeah. And for men, the other reason why I'm so passionate about men as well is because yes, women carry a lot of pressure, but men (laughs) carry a lot of pressure too. Right. Like, yeah. that the societal norm still that pops up that I need to take care. 
I need to protect and take care. That's a natural male instinct to protect and take care. And then when you attach perfectionism or the perfectionism might be driving that too, that to be the security and the safety, um, that that's a lot for someone to take on. It really And it's really scary for men because for those men who aren't willing to speak into their emotional intelligence and really talk about their tags, talk about their insecurities, Mm -hmm. if they go there and they're vulnerable, some men will do the thing. Right. And we've all seen this happen. Like, dude, quit being a, you know, I'm not going (laughs) to cuss. I don't cuss on my show, but you know, it's like, they, they say things to each other that are so degrading and then they all laugh and it's just this big joke. And, you know, it's interesting because I think for women, we tend to have a little more conflict. That's like, I'm not talking to her again. She called me this, or she did this to me. And we're a little more sensitive that way at times where I've seen in my life, at least and my past industry being oil and gas, this, like we can tease and poke fun of men And they're supposed to just laugh it off and sort of bury that sensitivity even deeper inside of them. And the more they share that, the more at risk they are to be ridiculed, teased, made fun of, you know, whatever it is. So it's a really, it's a very important issue. And, you know, I think we both want to see the relationship between men and women grow stronger so that we can all talk about our stuff. Yeah, I think that's my goal too. I remember when I was talking to you originally about tear out the tags and what you're trying to do back in July. And I asked you, I said, oh, so is this, and this is my assumption, right? Oh, is this a women's community? Oh no, it's open to men and women. And I remember telling you, I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that we can all learn from each other. First of all, if you're if you're talking to a man about this and he's sharing and that's something really special mm-hmm. that you can both learn from because we are all just having a human experience, right? And right. it's, and we all have had bad things happen to us. And I think it's great to have both come together because men need that community too. And it just makes it even, it makes them even stronger. It makes the women even stronger together. So I think that's really important what yeah. you're doing. Well, we're having this gender conversation in our world anyway, with there being genders outside of male, female. And Mm -hmm. while that's controversial, while not everyone agrees with it, at the end of the day, our gender is still just a role. It's still a hat that we wear. So it's not a role we got to choose. We were born a certain way. We identify a certain way. And it's interesting how like you and I are both married. And when you tag if we, if anyone's ever had an argument in a relationship, it's possible you've tagged your partner, right? I mean, in a heat, in a heated argument or in a moment of frustration, we might tag each other. And it's amazing how those tags can be very templated male, female, when really what you're saying is you have two humans trying to seek and have relationship. The roles that they play have nothing to do with that yet we are happy to jump in and just tag each other and tell each other all of the things that are wrong with us or with the other person rather. And I think you brought up a really good point earlier that it's such a fine line in the world of tags because we talk a lot about bullies. We talk about these foreign language tags where you maybe attach something that someone said to you that hurt you, that was mean, that was meant to make you insecure or not believe in yourself. But then you have the other side of the spectrum. And I think this is important to, it's a very cautious navigation into this because you also have tags that people will hand you like perfectionist. So you had three people that you trust, you know, two and a half, because we and I didn't really know each other that well, to be honest, but, but, you know, you had three people telling you, okay, I think this might be a tag for you. And I want everyone to hear that it's so important to listen to the tags of the people you trust, because sometimes people can see the things in us that are blocking us. And usually those are the things we're the most resistant to really, Mm -hmm. really owning and really defining. I talk a lot about my cheerleader tag and how 
I just didn't want people to see it. I wore it. It wasn't defined very positively inside of me yet. Here I am a coach, a thought leader, a speaker, mm-hmm. and I'm, I cheer for people for a living. I still do that. But my, my tag was so misdefined that I, I couldn't wear it proudly until I took it out, figured out how the definition was so wrong and then decided, okay, I do want to wear this, but it needs to be defined in the right way. I love, I think we were speaking telepathically because I was just going to bring up the same thing that, that if someone does tag you and you don't like it, take a moment to sit back and ask yourself, why are they tagged? Is it just because they're hurt? They're a hurt person and they're tagging me. Right. Or if it's coming from a loved one, is there something there that's blocking you? I'll never forget this. I was at the dinner table and I got a promotion to a direct level role before I ended up starting my business. And I was like, man, this is great. Like, I just feel like I really connect with people. I'm like great in interviews. And I was just on a high, right? I'm like, oh, I'm awesome. (laughs) And I remember Jerry was like, (laughs) I was so mad at him, but he was like, (laughs) is this your husband? Jerry. Yeah. He was like, he goes, well, you, um, you're kind of a good follower. And I was like, excuse me. (laughs) And I was, I was almost like, (laughs) like, what did you just say? He said, you just, you get along with people and you want to make them happy. And so you kind of, you, you do the report the way that they want the report done and you get along with all the staff and you're nice and, you know, reviews and this, that, and the other. And I was mad for about three minutes. And then I, I don't hold grudges or anything. I took a step back and I said, you know what, there's something there, Mm -hmm. something there that I need to watch. And that's where the people pleaser tag came out. That was about three years ago. Isn't it crazy too? That's the perfect example of a foreign language tag because he actually was giving you a compliment and your people pleaser sunburn, your, your emotional injury surrounding people pleaser. And probably the fact that you didn't know you were a people pleaser at that point Mm-mm. was like jumped up like a lion, like, don't go there. Don't yeah. call me that. And this happens in relationships all the time it happens for both men and women, where then the person who is actually complimenting you, your spouse goes, what in the heck just happened? Like, how did we get so off track here? Yeah. So I'm sure your husband loves and appreciates that you can sit back and, and sort of process that through. Yeah, he, I mean, he absolutely does. And that's the, that's the thankful thing about relationships or friendships. Anyways, people might say something that you don't agree with, but you want that controversy because those people who love you are just helping you and taking a step back and saying, okay, don't, there might be something here. It doesn't mean it's true. You, You don't have to agree with it, but let me just take a moment and explore and see if that's played out in my life. If that's played out in patterns that I've created for myself in relationships. And when I did that, I was like, there's definitely a pattern there and I I couldn't ignore it, but you're right for me. And I'm sure for, for anyone who's gone through this, there's probably a couple tags that you do not want to face. You don't want to go there, but you know, if you don't want to go there, it's probably what you need to look into the most. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's true, right? But, but it does probably mean you're wearing it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the important piece as far as tags are concerned. So I could talk to you all day. I absolutely, you're like just one of my favorite humans. but I really want to know where you're going. I want to know what 2021 looks like. What plans do you have? I mean, really you're like this courageous, confident, emboldened woman. You're ready to chase your dreams. You are getting certified in hypnosis. So tell me like where, what is 2021 going to hold for you? Oh man. Um, you know, it's really surreal because when I look back probably eight months ago, maybe, and that person eight months ago looking to now would be like, what the heck are you doing? (laughs) And I still, to this day, I still look around. I'm like, what is going on? Like, you know, when everything is just so surreal, I found the power of clinical hypnotherapy. And I know that you had experienced a little bit of that in the NLP as well. And it was just a direction I really felt I wanted to add to my coaching business. And so I'm actually opening up a practice beginning of February, 2021. And I'm just so excited 
to help people on a deeper level and primarily helping them find what is that primary event that created that tag for yourself and how do we clear that? How do we clear whatever, whether it was a trauma or it was, I mean, gosh, on the playground, you know, someone pushed you down and you're like, I'm not good enough. And it started there. The beautiful thing is we just have so many of these blocks, but they could, they can always be cleared. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're cleared. You just see so much more clearly what's in front of you and what you want. You have so much more clarity. And that's really what I wanted to help people with. So that and workshops and speaking, I always love speaking to come, but yeah, primarily my business will be opening and will be just great addition to what I already do. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. And just so everyone knows, I mean, you're like the master of content. So I remember, I remember looking up your stuff afterwards and you have all these workbooks and journals and training programs. And Shannon really is just a plethora of content. And it's so funny to me because you are like, I, you know, came up with this, I'm not smart tag. And after evaluating your work post getting to know you, I'm thinking how in the world is someone this brilliant think that they're not smart. And luckily you didn't end up attaching that tag at all. So it wasn't even relevant, but you are just like so valuable and so just such an amazing coach and person. So if you want to reach out to Shannon, how can people get in touch with you? Where would you like them to reach you? How can they see your content? Give us the scoop. Yeah. Yeah, So Instagram is at Shannon P Rollins. And that's the same for Facebook too. Like when you search the page, it's at Shannon P Rollins, send me a message on Instagram and DM. You could do that. I get back pretty quickly. If you have any questions or even want to see what my journal is, it's a 90 day journal. Um, and my calm clarity workbook is a stress relief workbook as well. Yes. And it's fabulous. And I will link all of Shannon's information in the show notes so that if you're looking for her spelling or any of her information, it will be there for you. Thank you, Shannon, for joining me. And just, oh, like you just bless me. Like I just, I'm so glad you're in my life. Thank you so much for your support of my content and really just the continued development and mission of Tear Out the Tags. Yeah, thank you so much for having me today. This was just such a blessing for me. 